True self-care starts with wanting to improve our lives. Some of the self-improvement comes naturally, and some of it feels like a real struggle. The truth is that we are all just built differently, identifying our strengths and weaknesses, and challenging what we think is true about ourselves is where it all begins. I appreciate you taking this journey of self-discovery with me. As you read, decide what you want to take away from this book and be proud that you are giving yourself a chance to better understand your physical, emotional, and mental health. My hope is that by paying more attention to the rhythms of nature and the curious creatures in the world around us, we can learn how to get back to the basics with ourselves. Because the fact remains that we humans don't have all the answers, not even close. Taking a cue from the natural world can ground us all. Welcome back to Zoo Notable. I will admit I was planning on skipping Easter, but I just finished this book a little early and I was just so excited to share some of my thoughts with you all. I decided to plunge ahead and go ahead and do one for Easter Sunday. The book is called Wisdom from a Humble Jellyfish by Ronnie Shaw. And it's just packed with incredible big ideas about self-care advice from nature. And I figured that Easter is a great day to share some of those big ideas with you, plus a bonus idea just for today. So what say you? Are you ready to learn how we can take better care of ourselves by observing the amazing natural abilities and adaptations of animals? Let's learn from the wisdom of a humble jellyfish. And we'll jump in with big idea number one. There is no the way to achieve your goals. Wisdom from the eight-legged creatures, the spiders. Quote, if you're one of the rare people who absolutely adores our eight-legged friends, then you are in for a treat. We're going to learn about and from the clever spiders and its ingenious webs. But before we get entangled in the details, it's important to note what makes spiders and their webs so admirable. Their versatility. There are dozens of different types of spider webs, such as tangle webs, sheet webs, and funnel webs, just to name a few. Now, having roamed the planet for 380 million years, the thousands of different species of spiders have figured out a thing or two about how to make it on Earth. The spider's trick to survival? Devising creative methods to reach the target. From the boa spider throwing a lasso to the triangle spider constructing the absolute opposite of a love triangle, spiders have all evolved to achieve their goals in their own unique way. And if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, and it's kind of nice to know that spiders at least have my back. There is no one way or the way to accomplish our goals. What works for one person or one spider may not work for another. And it's important to remember that when we dispense our advice upon our friends, just because it worked for you doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone. Now, I discovered this when I began on my own fitness journey. I actually followed the steps of my husband who was doing CrossFit, and I nearly quit as soon as I had started. It's because CrossFit did not work for me. I had to find my own way. This is ultimately why I created ZooFit and the ZooFit Safari, is to give folks a taste of many different styles so that they can pick and choose which ones work best for them. 
Now, Ronnie shares some examples of spider webs in Wisdom from a Humble Jellyfish. Making the book both inspiring and educational, we learn that different species of spiders weave different types of webs based on their region, their main prey source, and even when they hunt. For instance, the boa spider hunts moths at night, which behave differently from flies in the day, who also behave differently from mosquitoes. So the boa spider has unique hunting and web weaving strategy different from the orb weaver or different from the triangle spider named for the intricate three point webs that they create. Now what works for the bolus probably won't work for the triangle spider and vice versa. It's important to know that there are multiple ways to approach achieving an objective. And that goes for us too. In fact, this lesson is two in one. First, there is no the way in achieving our goals. And second, if the method you are trying isn't working for you, well, then try a new approach. There are more than one way to weave a web. I do like that saying so much better than there's more than one way to skin a cat. I mean, who, who skins cats? So for you at home, what goals are you working on? What method appeals to you? And what methods don't appeal to you? Let's try some different paths to find your unique way to success and know that there's more than one way to weave a web. And big idea number two, develop a growth mindset to always find opportunities to progress. Wisdom from an axolotl. Quote, named by the Aztecs after the god of lightning and death, axolotls' names translate to water monster. Although in reality, the axolotl is more of a water teddy bear. With its adorable baby face, the result of neoteny, which is juvenile features in an adult animal, this watery creature retains its tadpole-like features well into adulthood. Aside from being trapped in the fountain of youth, these neotenic salamanders have an extraordinary ability to regenerate any portion of their body. From their tails, limbs, and even portions of their spinal cords, an axolotl's regenerative capability extends all the way to its brain, heart, and other organs. Scientists have yet to find a limit on how often a single axolotl can regrow the same body part. The axolotl embodies what is called a growth mindset. Okay, so Axolotls in general, they're just freaking cool. First, if you've never seen one, Google the image. That's A-X-O-L-O-T-L-S. And again, be prepared for some unexpected cuteness. Yes, axolotls are related to frogs, salamanders, and toads, and that they are amphibians, but they are really very cute. Now, second, axolotls belong in, I think, some kind of wizarding world or something because I swear they are magical because they can regrow any part of their body and they can regrow that part of their body multiple times. Now, Ronnie compares this capability to Carol Dweck's idea of a growth mindset. And according to Dweck, people tend to fall into one of two categories, those of us with a fixed mindset and those with a growth mindset. When we believe that our traits and abilities cannot change or are innately linked to having natural talent, we are viewing ourselves with a fixed mindset. 
If we believe that our talents and skills are acquired through effort and persistence, then we have a growth mindset. Now, Ronnie says that those with a growth mindset tend to achieve more because they don't view mistakes or lack of knowledge as a weakness, but rather as a learning opportunity. So how do you develop a growth mindset? Well, one way is to embrace a mantra simply saying, I'm not there yet. Now, a key part to adopting a growth mindset is knowing where you want to go, even if you aren't there yet, that someday you will be through practice, perseverance, and through never giving up. There is always an opportunity to grow, so long as we remember the lesson of an axolotl and develop that growth mindset. Big idea number three is it pays to be green and take it slow. Lessons from a sloth. Quote, the sloth's slow pace enables it to act as a living ecosystem for local organisms such as fungus, mites, moths, and a species of algae that successfully camouflages the sloth, protecting it from predators. All right, so Ronnie's advice from the sloth is, is exactly what you might normally expect. Give yourself permission to zone out and take it slow. But I really honestly think there's a much more powerful lesson from the sloth, and it's right there in the sloth's life. Sloths take the idea of living green to a literal level. They have whole ecosystems living on them. There is a special type of algae that only grows on sloths. And what's really amazing about the sloth habitat is not just what the sloths provide for hundreds of species of moths, fungus, and algae, but what they in turn do for the sloth. Now, as you know, sloths aren't very fast moving. They actually have no way to outrun their predators, such as anacondas, jaguars, and harpy eagles. So they depend on camouflage to hide from them. Now, granted, their coloration does help a lot, but so does that green algae. In fact, many people can walk right by a sloth right in front of them without even realizing there is a sloth there because sloths blend in with so well with their algae-covered fur. But it even goes further than that. Now, jaguars and snakes don't use just their eyesight. They use their sense of smell. And that green fur can't change that. Well, actually, that's not true. It absolutely does change that. The green algae and life forms on the sloth emit strong odors that hide the scent of an animal and give off natural scents of algae, fungi, and insects, hiding the sloth completely. This, to me, is a more powerful lesson than take it slow, which kind of feels like, to me, it's like low-hanging fruit when it comes to learning life lessons from animals. The true lesson from the sloth is how living green doesn't just benefit the environment. It can truly benefit you as well. It might not save you from a jaguar, but living green can help you drink more water by using a reusable water bottle. You can improve your cardiovascular health by walking or riding a bike to a close by errand instead of driving your car. You can recharge your inner batteries, get some fresh air, and improve your mood by spending time in nature and appreciate it just a little bit more. This list goes on and on. Basically, when we take care of the planet, you can get something out of it as well. Take it from a slow-moving sloth. It pays 
to live green. Before we continue with our Zoo Notable, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors. I couldn't do these Notables without them. So we'll be right back after these messages. And big idea number four, turning obstacles into opportunities. A lesson from an oyster. Quote, an oyster's main claim to fame may be the milky gems they produce, but oysters aren't the only creature that produce pearls. All shelled mollusks, such as conchs, clams, and abalone, are capable of producing pearls. And another thing, to clear away a common misconception around the formation of pearls, they are not formed by a grain of sand infiltrating an oyster's shell. A pearl begins to form when a portion of the oyster's mantle or lining of their shell is damaged. It's an immune response inside the oyster. Anything from a parasite to organic matter can damage the mantle and trigger the creation of a pearl. Again, it's that last line that does it for me. I've shared about the lesson of an oyster from my point of view before, and this, again, just confirms it. Most pearls, at least natural forming pearls from oysters in the sea, are not formed by what we think of as the grain of sand. The most common external quote-unquote irritant is usually a parasite. Now think about that for a moment. A parasite is an organism that, for all intent and purposes, is hell-bent on destroying its host. And the oyster turns this into a beautifully, highly valued gem. Now, I learned this lesson at the beginning of 2020. That's right. Just before a gigantic parasite entered all of our lives and turned everything upside down. I took the lesson of the oyster to heart and turned the huge obstacle known as the coronavirus into an opportunity for growth. I switched from in-person presentations to online and ended up having a very productive year. But once again, I think that the lesson can go a little further for us too. Because while the oyster shows us how pain and difficulties can be used to create something beautiful, it's just not that easy to flip the switch and suddenly turn parasites, again, an organism hell-bent on destroying us, into pearls. We need to practice, right? And that's where the grains of sand come in. Now, on oyster farms, where pearls are literally grown, Humans provide the external attack to damage the mantle in the form of a surgically implanted grain of sand. These irritants aren't as extreme as parasites, but the pearls that form are just as beautiful. And I learned from this that we can practice for the big challenges by intentionally implanting small irritants into our lives. It's kind of like tweaking our programs little by little. So instead of overhauling your entire diet and going from, say, eating meat every day to full-on vegan, perhaps intentionally implant one or maybe two days a week where you eat meatless meals. You can push yourself just a little with your workouts so that you're a little sore, but not so hurt that you don't want to go back. Little by little, you create beautiful pearls in your life. And you know why? It's not preparing for the fun, fantastic days. No, we implement these small irritants so that on our worst days, when those parasites attack, we can calmly and automatically turn those into pearls as well. Obstacles make us stronger. And know that out of these challenges, something beautiful 
is on the horizon. And big idea number five is love thy nature. Quote, health and well-being don't end or begin with us. These things extend to our outlook toward the earth. A good number of the creatures mentioned in this book are currently on the endangered species list. Nearly 33% of all amphibians, 50% of all primates, and 68% of plants are at risk of extinction. Human activity, the acidification of the oceans, global warming, and deforestation is to blame for a planet being at risk. We are all in this together, and self-care shouldn't be a solitary act. It should also include caring for the planet and her species. If we don't protect the Earth, our planet will suffer its own kind of burnout. And much like self-improvement, helping the environment begins with awareness, awareness of the world around us. Give yourself permission to become nature's best friend. Challenge yourself to change your habits, to see how less is more, and to find creative ways to reduce your carbon footprint. There are, many, there are so many ways to make an impact. Start small and focus on change in your community rather than trying to save the whole world. We'd all be better off by focusing on what's close to home and going local. Unlike a traditional safari, your self-care safari has a beginning, but hopefully no end. Nurture yourself and practice self-care in every ecosystem you may encounter, at work, with friends and family, and especially the ecosystem you cultivate, wherever it is that you call home. Take it from our strange, marvelous, and inspiring planet. Nurturing nature is self-care for us all. Honestly, that idea just speaks for itself. It is the final words of this fantastic book, Wisdom from a Humble Jellyfish. Nurturing nature is self-care for us all. And we do have time for a bonus idea that I came up with while reading this book. And I just feel it's pretty appropriate for today being Easter. It's wisdom from a humble Easter bunny or cottontail rabbit. So all animals have a defense mechanism. We're mostly familiar with two of them called fight or flight. This is put up your fist or your antlers or get your claws out and fend off the threat or turn and flee the scene. Now, most prey species use the latter. They flee. However, there is a third defense mechanism that a few prey species, like rabbits, use very well. It's called freezing. Have you ever frozen in fear before? Maybe before or during a big speech or during an interview and you feel like a deer in headlights. Well, that's the freezing defense mechanism working or maybe not working for you. The deer in headlights is a great analogy because it's the same one that rabbits use. When a rabbit is scared, they might flee the scene as fast as they can, or they may freeze and just blend in with their surroundings. I'm actually always amazed at how quickly a rabbit can disappear into the tall grass or the bushes, not moving a muscle, but completely invisible. Now, as I read Wisdom from a Humble Jellyfish, I thought about the lesson I could learn from this behavior as well, and actually became pretty obvious to me. There is a calming and grounding element to being still. So it's okay to take a breath, to be still, and just take in your surroundings. You don't even have to meditate or close your eyes, but just breathe and 
Again, be still. Be aware of your surroundings and be aware of the present moment. Take it in, breathe, and then make the decision that's right for you. So let's take it from the Easter Bunny. Sometimes the best thing we can do to calm down is just do nothing but breathe and live in the moment. Once again, a happy Easter to everyone. Wisdom from a humble jellyfish and other self-care advice from nature. Let me know your thoughts. We're going to close up with a few other lessons from interesting animals in nature. Ronnie Shaw shares that dragonflies are successful 95% of the time, which is amazing compared to tigers, which are only successful 5% each time they go out to hunt. The lesson, make your targets easier to achieve by recalibrating and being the most prepared you possibly can. From the radiant sunflower, looking on the bright side of things isn't just a pleasant exercise. It helps you grow stronger. Ronnie says, take it from the humble jellyfish. There is no moving forward without a little relaxation. The vervet monkeys teach us that mistakes happen. And rather than letting your missteps define you, allow them to teach you. The mantis shrimp's lesson is that your potential influence has nothing to do with size and everything to do with intention. Small and mighty, we can all impact the world around us. And finally, Ronnie shares a wisdom from the world of birds. We must flock together in order to succeed. Indeed, we do all need each other. We can each make a big difference, but together we can achieve greatness. So thanks for being with me and keep on learning, keep on growing and keep empowering yourself for you, for the animals and for the entire planet. Keep, be keep getting better a little bit today, tomorrow and forever. And I'll catch you all next time.